the path. God has a journey. God has a plan. God has a path for every one of us, and, and he's got destiny for us. And so let's go right to our scripture. Get your notes out. Get ready. We're going to go pretty quick today. We've got some big things that happen at the end of service. And so he, it's a scripture we've been using from the beginning every Sunday. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, anyone in here in Jesus, anyone here know Jesus today? Anyone? He says, if Jesus is the Lord of your life, you've accepted him into your heart. You don't have to be perfect yet. Never get perfect. But if you just say, Father, I need you in my life, and you come, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. All things, the past, have passed away, and behold, all things, say all things, all things, every area of my life, has become brand new. And this is a promise that God gives us to believers that start on this path called the path of Christianity, a path with God. And so there's four things that we've talked about in this series, and we'll go over them real quick as just a rehearsal, a reminder. Number one is that God just wants to know you. The first thing that we talked about is to know God. There's four steps that we, everything we do at Transformation Church is built around these four points. Everything, if it doesn't connect with these, we don't do it. Number one is we want to know that you know God. That, that's the most important thing because right there, God wants to create a new you. Say a new me. He wants to create a new you. He just wants to have a relationship with him. Number two is we want to help you find freedom. That God wants you to find freedom and that comes through our, our small groups because life change comes through relationships. And so we have small groups our next semester starting in June, six weeks, semester, summer, all kind of activities going on that you can connect in a small group because all you need to get to heaven is God. How many will acknowledge that? All I need to get to heaven is God. But if I'm going to live successful on this earth, I need some right people in my life. I need relationships that are going to help build me and strengthen me. And this is the new you, but finding freedom makes, creates the better you. I become better as I'm finding freedom, and that leads us into the third step, and that's where we discover purpose. That once I begin finding freedom in my life, and how many of you acknowledge when you came to Jesus, there was a lot of junk going on? And how many of you admit that he's, he's taken a lot of that away, but there's still some stuff going on in every one of our lives that we're still working out, right? And so we're finding that freedom, and then he wants to move us into discovering our purpose, and that's where we, we begin to come into that place that we find a complete you, that, that here is where only 13% of the church world ever enter. 87% of the church stays right here their whole Christian life. They make it to heaven, but they go miserable. They make it to heaven, but they go unhappy because they're still over here feeling not good enough to be saved and not good enough to do anything for God, so they stay stuck right here but God's got much more for us than to just keep freeing us. He wants us to find out why we're on this earth and start making a difference with it and changing other people's lives and become a part of something bigger than us. So know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. And so I wanna talk to you today and kind of move into this whole realm because you see, God always intended for you and I to live a life of fulfillment. God did not plan on us to be created to get on this earth and just live unfulfilled, never happy, never with purpose. He wants us to understand he has a fulfilled life that he wants every one of us to experience. And how many appreciates the word from Pastor Brad last week on the fulfilled life? What a dynamic word. If you didn't get it, go online and watch it. Powerful word, and I'm just following up. 
in this, that God wants you to have a fulfilled life. So before we explain the fulfilled life, I wanna talk about the unfulfilled life because as much as God wants you to have a fulfilled life and live it upon this earth, Satan does not mind you coming to church as long as you never understand why you're here. He doesn't care if you go to church every Sunday if, as long as he can keep you from experiencing the life that God has already set in place for you. And so three things that the enemy uses to destroy the fulfilled life. Let's go to John 10, 10, and it really sums it up. The thief, Satan, the devil's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. How many acknowledge he does really good at his job? Come on. Amen. I mean, he's out there. He wants to steal everything God has for you. He wants to kill your dreams, your plans, your visions. He wants to destroy you and everything around you. But then God immediately comes in behind that and says, but guess what? My purpose is to give life and what? All its fullness. The enemy comes to steal your joy, steal your purpose, steal your dreams, steal your hope. But God said, I've come that you might have life, but not just life, I want you to have it till its fullness. And I wanna talk to you about that today because the enemy's got some plans set forth to steal God's purpose. And when you lose your purpose, you lose your life and your reason of being here. Number one is our life is unfulfilled when we let our past disqualify us. When we let our past disqualify us. You see, many have their sins forgiven, yet they live their whole life in their rearview mirror. You, you know God's forgiven you, but you haven't forgiven yourself, or you haven't forgiven the person that hurt you deeply. And you live in the past, whether it's your own decisions and own bad choices, or the bad choices that others made that have hurt and offended you, and how many knows the pain's equal no matter which way it comes? And, and we have that negative cloud that's hanging over us and, and we have defined ourselves by our past. And you see, when you define yourself by your past, you eliminate the opportunity of your future. When you allow your past experiences, whether you cause them or not, whether you're the offender or the offended, whether you made the choices or someone else did, when you allow yourself to define your future by what's happened in your past, you have no future. You've eliminated any chance of God's purpose and plan taking place in your life. The psalmist put it like this in Psalms 38. He says, my guilt, my past, has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. I'm bowed down and I'm brought low. And if many of us are honest in here today, we can identify with the psalmist because we've allowed our past to be like a burden that's overwhelmed us and overweighed us and kept us bowed low. And the enemy wants to use your past to keep you from your future. Number two, we let culture define us. You see, Satan, if there's ever a generation in America that Satan is using this tool of culture to destroy and try to destroy the believers and the kingdom of God upon this earth that's right now, that, that this whole political correctness thing and, and everything that, that culture wants to define what morality is, but culture cannot define what morality is to you. The word of God must still triumph culture. And, and we don't fight it, we just live it. And we let the word of God be our standard of living. And the enemy will keep you out of your future. He will keep you out of fulfillment. He will keep you out of your purpose when you allow culture to, 
We're allowing democratic parties. We're allowing different areas of culture. We're allowing politics. We're allowing religion to define what culture we establish, the boundaries and the theology and the beliefs that we establish our life in. And the enemy wants to come and stop you from fulfilling God's purpose in your life when you allow culture. Isn't that what Eve did in the garden when Satan came and spoke to her and twisted the word of God? And what Eve did was she then set a new set of boundaries according to what the serpent said rather than what God had told her his word said. And the enemy wants to come today and twist the word of God and culture define your convictions. And when you allow that, you're going to miss your future. You're going to miss your purpose in God. And we've got many college students or high school students about to enter college. We're going to honor here in a few minutes. And they're going to step into a secular world that's going to speak against everything that I preach out of in this book called The Bible and the Word of God. And I want you young people to know, don't ever allow society and culture to define your faith in God and the God that you serve. You stay strong in the beliefs and in the faith and in the foundation that you've set your feet on and know that God's Word is God's Word and it stands through every society and every generation and hold fast to what you know to be true. Paul said, Galatians, am I now trying to win the approval of men or God? Or am I trying to please men? If it were still trying to please men, I wouldn't even be called a servant of Christ. I'm not here to start a fight, but I'm here to win the war. And the war is about souls. The war is about people. The war is about eternity. And that you can't reach your future. You can't reach the fullness of your potential in God when you allow other people to define what you believe. Yeah. Number three is when you try to live life alone. You will never reach the fullness of what God has planned for you when you try to do it by yourself. Trying to live life alone. Anyone in here ever been hurt by anybody? rest of you lying. All right. Anyone here, let, anybody let you down? Just totally hurt you? You ever found out you can never get stabbed in the back by someone that's not already close enough to hug your neck? It's usually the people closest to you that hurt you the worst. Come on, help me. And often family. And so the question is, why would you even try to live life alone? I can answer that You've tried living with people and they're a pain. Come on. Come on, be honest. I don't care if they're sitting by you or not. Be honest. People can be a pain sometimes, can't we? And, and so rather than risk being hurt again, I'll just live it by myself. You'll never be more hurt than you will be hurt alone. And the enemy wants you to think that. He wants you in that mindset. You think Satan's just trying to destroy your marriage or that special friendship or relationship? You think he just wanted you upset with someone on the job or in your church? And, and by the way, don't get this false conception that, that everybody in the church is holier than thou and, and you get this big, unrealist expectation of people in the church and like, I expected more from people in the church. They're the same people on your job. They just happen to go to church with you. Don't expect anything different. We're all human beings trying to be the best we can be for God, and we're gonna have good days and bad days, and love me on both, and help me get there. 
But we, we have this thing. Do you think Satan was just trying to attack your marriage and destroy your marriage? Or he was just trying to destroy that relationship with someone? No, it goes far deeper than that. He wants to take away your trust in people. He wants to isolate you. He wants you to just say, I'm better off by myself. But no one ever became great alone. And no one has ever done anything great alone. It takes other people in your life. And you will never find freedom by yourself. You see, all you need to get to heaven is God. How many acknowledge that? All I need to get to heaven is the faith in Jesus today. But if I'm going to live free and successful on this earth, I need other people in my life. And I need the right people in my life. Confess your faults one to another. The three-strand cord is not, uneas- is not easily broken. There's power in relationships, and that's why we have small groups here at this church is because I can't become relational with you on a pulpit. But if we can get in a room or on a ballpark or in a fishing somewhere or bowling somewhere, and we can sit in a room together once a week and build some relationship and accountability and trust and faith in one another, I've got somebody now I can talk to. I don't have to give in to the threats of the enemy. I've got a brother or a sister that'll stand with me. And the enemy wants to isolate you and get you by yourself and get you alone. And in that moment, you become vulnerable for the attack of the enemy and he'll destroy God's plan and purpose in your life. That's good preaching. Amens are weak, but the preaching's on right now. All right. And so what, what happens here? You see, Ecclesiastes put it like this. He said, there was a man, there was a man all along. He had neither son or brother. He's by himself. There was no end to his toil. He was a hard worker. He he made money. He had wealth. He had prestige. Yet his eyes were not content with his wealth because nothing you earn out there alone can make you happy. Because God did not create us to be alone. He created us to be a family. And when you connect with family, you connect with people of like faith, you connect with people around you, there's security and there's strength and there's purpose that comes and takes place in your life. And so three things the enemy wants to use to stop you from finding fulfillment in God. But I want to share with you just a few things that creates this fulfilled life. How many wants the fulfilled life? Okay, seven of us. How many wants the fulfilled life? I'm fixing to start over again. You're going to be here for another 30 minutes, all right? Now, let me ask that question one more time. How many wants a fulfilled life? All right. I know you're thinking, Beach, but give me 15 more minutes, all right? The fulfilled life. God wants it for you. He really does. I want it, and Pastor Brad wants it for you as pastors. We, we want you to live it to the fullest. God has a plan. He has a way. Number one, it starts when you understand your calling. The fulfilled life starts when you realize and understand you didn't track God down. He looked you up. Come on, how many would admit to me today that God saved you at the darkest hour of your life? God saved you when you was at rock bottom. You was at low. When you, when you were running from him the hardest. Come on, somebody. I mean, it, it was like, God, I didn't find him. He tracked me down. There was somebody praying for me when I didn't even know it. There was a God who was tracking me down. He said, if you make your bed in hell, I'll find you there. You can't outrun mama's prayers. You can't outrun granny's prayers. I, I'll find you because he called you. The Bible said he predestined you. He said he knew every day of your life before one of them took place upon this earth. He already had a purpose, a plan, a path laid out for you, and, and you find fulfillment in life when you start realizing, I was born for this. I've been called. Look at your neighbor and tell him, I've been called. Now look at the other one you just neglected and tell them, I've been called. 
I've been called, man. I've been handpicked. You got to let that get into your heart today. God handpicked you. You could be the one out there today lost, the one out there today homeless, the one out there drugs, everywhere. You could be the one out there today with no purpose, no hope in your life. You're sitting in an air-conditioned church in Florida on a Sunday morning because God handpicked you before you were formed in the womb of your mother. He had a plan and a path laid out for your life. You've been called by God. And you see, serving God is the best thing that you can do. Second Timothy, Paul said, God saved us. He saved us. He saved us. Any saved folks in here? He saved us, and then he called us to this holy work. We had nothing to do with it. It was all his idea, a gift prepared for us in Jesus long before we even knew anything about it. God had it planned out for you. He had a path already laid out for you. And what is your path? What what is your calling? What is your purpose? I can sum it up. We've all got different talents and different gifts and different desires and different passions, but we all have one calling, and that's go make a difference in the lives of someone else with the hope that Jesus is made so evident and real in us. We all have different platforms to speak on. We've got different trades. We've got attorneys, doctors, dentists, lawyers, teachers, We've got people, construction people in here. We've got all type of trades and talents. And we've got homeless. We've got wealthy. We've got middle class. We've got red, yellow, black, white. We've got every social standing. We've got gay. We've got straight. We've got bi. We've got transgender. Got quiet in here on that one, didn't it? But we're a hospital for the well. We're a hospital for the sick. We're a hospital for those that think like I do. We're a hospital for those that don't. We're a hospital for whosoever will. Let him come and let him find the fountain of life and let him drink from it freely and let him meet Jesus. And I'm not here to condemn you. I'm not here to judge you. I'm not here to say anything about you. I'm here to say something about the Jesus that loves you right where you are in life. And my role is to just introduce you to him and let you and him walk that life out together. And I'm going to help you, strengthen you, encourage you along that journey. But how many is glad he came to seek and to save all who are lost? And that includes every one of us. And so my purpose, my calling, my gift may be speaking or singing or playing instrument or making money. That may be your gift, but your calling is all the same. Go make a difference in the lives of others. I'm starting to get preachy up here, aren't I? I'm sorry. You see, people lose their way when we lose our why. Because when you lose your why, you lose your what. And when you lose your what, you have no reason to do anything. And so our why is make a difference in the lives of others. Number two is we've got to realize that that calling we just talked about stands on a legit cause. Your calling has a legit cause to it. God didn't save you just to be saved. He didn't save me just to be saved. He didn't call me to preach just to preach. This is the fun part. This is the icing on the cake. This is the ice cream. This is what we love to do every Sunday morning. But this isn't what I'm called to do only. This is just part. This is the gift. I'm called to change lives to make a difference in people's lives. That's Monday through Sunday, not just Sunday. 
And we come and understand that God's got that purpose and we all have a calling. You see, a cause that counts. God has more for you than just human accomplishments. You use your job, your money, your talents called to make eternal difference in the lives of others. I love it in Acts 20. Powerful, powerful scripture. But my life is worth nothing to me unless... My life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others, here's the cause, the purpose, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. That's what it's all about. No matter where you go tomorrow on your job, your trade, your skill, you've got the same call that all of us have, and that's go make a difference. Share the good news. They don't want a three-point, sub-point, homiletical, hermeneutical, poorly put-together sermon outline. They don't want to hear that from you. You'll blow their mind. They just want to know what has Jesus done for you? Well, what's changed? Why are you coming here smiling when the rest of us are frowning? Well, why do you act like it's Friday when it's Monday? What's different about you? Well, let me tell you what Jesus has done for me. Let, let me tell you what happened in my life. I was going down quick. I was hurt. I was broke. I was empty. I was depressed. I was discouraged. I had no purpose. I had no vision. I had no dream in life. I was surviving. I was living in the past. I didn't know what the future looked like. But one day, I met the grace of Jesus, and he changed my life. And, and I can't tell you all the right. I can't answer all your questions, but I can sure tell you what he's done for me. And get busy just sharing Good news, fulfilling God's calls in your life. You see, doing something that makes a difference in the lives of others. You see, we've got to come today and realize that the greatest opportunity to make a difference will most often come in our greatest hour of pain. And our greatest hour of conflict is when we usually find our greatest opportunity to minister because broken people hang around broken people. And when I'm broken unconsciously I attract broken people. Come on. And when I realize that in the midst of my struggle, I have the opportunity to speak life to someone that's watching how I respond to my struggle. And we've got to come and grab that today that God has a cause for you. It's a legit cause. That you realize today that you've been set aside by God to make a difference in the lives of other people that you don't just belong to that job. You see, that job's secondary to why you're there. You think you're there for a paycheck when God has assigned you there to make an impact in the lives of other people. The paycheck's secondary to the cause. But I can promise you this, if you start fulfilling the cause, somehow God has this miraculous way of helping out the paycheck. Number three, when we understand the call it moves us from me to we. Now, if you, if you grab hold of that, there's four steps that we talked to you about. Number one is to know God. God wants to know you personally. That's a, a new you. Number two is to find freedom. Start finding freedom in your life. That's a better you. Number three is discover purpose. That's a complete you. All three of those deal with you individually, me individually, that I'm new, I'm better and I'm complete. But number four doesn't deal with me individually or you individually, it deals with us corporately. Because God says now that you know me and now that I'm bringing freedom in your life 
And now that you're discovering purpose and you do that through our grow track and it'll start next Sunday right after our second service and we take you through three Sundays and we'll, we'll help you find your passions and your gifts and how God made you and, and then we wanna plug you into a, 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 a something bigger than you. It's called the kingdom of God, the church. And over one third of the 600 plus people that attend this church every Sunday are serving somewhere every Sunday in what's called our dream team. They've got two of the shirts on right there. On the dream team, what is that? I'm serving in my passion. I'm serving in my gift. I wanna make a difference in the lives of others. And, and we invite you to come and be a part of our dream team every Sunday, whether wherever your passion is. And, and there's somebody that's out there driving a buddy, buggy, pulling people in from the parking lot. That's why they love to race, so they've got the buggy. Keep them within speeding limits, please, Tommy Hen. And there's people at the door greeting you because they love people. If you don't like people, we prefer you don't greet at the door. And those are people that their passion is just to talk and to love people. And we identified that in Grow Track. And they're like, I want to greet at the door. So we get them at the door. And, and there's amazing people back there in the children's ministry that love your children. And they're all over your children. And they're, I, I had a parent tell me yesterday uh, as we was with some families. And they said, our little girl, and she's just a little thing. And they said, all week long, every time we pass the church building, she's like, we're going to church today. We're going to church. We're going to church. She wants to get back the kids on it. And, and, then, and now we have our special needs ministry. And, and, and I had a lady, a mom, like three Sundays ago, this mother walked up to me literally and she grabbed me by my cheeks and she had long fingernails, you know what I'm saying? And, and my, only my wife knows, I don't like anybody to touch my face. It's just like a reaction, you know, like don't do that. And, and even at home, I don't, she knows, don't come and do this to me. It's just something, you're in my space now and I just can't, I'm like, don't do that, you know what I mean? This lady walks up to me after church a few weeks ago and she grabs me by my cheeks. And she's a little short little thing, you know. She, she just does this and she's crying and I'm about to cry with her because this is hurting right now, you know. But my macho thing was keeping me in, in track, you know. And, and, and I'm just there like, who are you and why are you doing this, you know. And she's crying and, and finally she lets go and then she hugs me and she's really crying now and I'm going, this is not, I don't know where this is going, all right. And, and so she lets me go and she grabs me again. And I'm just like, okay, and I'm trying to, not, I don't want security to get in this. There's something going on here. And then she lets go of me and she starts crying and she says, thank you for loving my daughter. And I said, and she goes, my daughter is back there in the Haven. She has special needs. And we've been asked to leave every church we've attended for seven years because my daughter will yell out in the service and we've been asked to leave. And she said, for three Sundays, there's a lady back there that has loved on my daughter and let her know she's so special. And she said, Pastor, when you love my daughter, you love me. Amen. You love me. And I, I wanna say, I didn't do that. There's a woman back there with a gift Amen. and a passion to just love children to have some special needs in their life. And no matter where your gift is, no matter where your passion is, we want to help you identify that and then join something bigger than you. That's why God did three things about us individually. Know him, find freedom, discover your purpose. Now, number four, become a part of something bigger than just you. And let's go make a difference in the lives of many, not just one or two. And we get to do that by serving on something bigger than us. Ecclesiastes put it like this, powerful Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. 
Someone came up to me before service. They said, thank you so much, Pastor. Y'all, your heart, your vision, your leadership. And they, they were just bragging on me and Brad. And he may have done this. I didn't. He said, these tables out here in memory of fallen soldiers who never returned home. He's ex-military. He said, you never know how much it means to us as military people for what you did today. I said, can I be really honest with you? I didn't even know they were going to be here. I didn't do this. I wish I could take credit for it. I'll put it on Facebook. <laughs> but... I didn't, I didn't do it. I, I'm glad they did it. I don't even know who, I still don't know who did it. But somebody in this church has a gift. And they went and did it. And I wouldn't, but they impacted some people that I wouldn't have touched today because that's in a message that I can't say on this pulpit. You get where I'm trying to go to you? It's find your gift, find your passion, become a part of something bigger than you. And we've got people, we're in seven, I think now seven prisons every week that we're in now, every week of men and women incarcerated. And we got right now powerful, you don't see it. You don't, we don't talk about it up here that much on Sunday, but we're in seven prisons around the panhandle every week sharing the gospel with inmates that when they get out, they don't have to go back into that life. God can change them. I'm telling you, it's those people that are unseen, but they're in their gift. They're in their realm of their passion. And today, God just wants you to connect with something bigger than you. And let's go make a difference in the world that God has given us. People ask me, and I close with this, they ask me, they said, Pastor, not anyone from this church, there's people that don't go here. And they said, why did you select this building for your new church? Why? Because we were looking at a big building out right off of Interstate 10 in a really affluent area. We were looking at another building on Highway 29 just south of Interstate 10, big building, a much more affluent area. And, and we're here. They said, why did you come here? And I said, when we walked in this building, God gave the scripture, gave the word to us to look out upon the fields that are ripe for harvest. There's a harvest field that's being ignored and neglected. And I've always taught my son and our staff and the leadership of this church, you reach the poor and the rich will come. But you focus on the rich and the poor never feel a part of that. And we're watching God do that. And I get to come here every day and preach to my family. Not just my biological family, but my family's red, yellow, black, white. My family's wealthy, it's poor. My family comes from all different social standings and backgrounds of life. It's called my family, my Christian family. And I believe with all of my heart, God has set us. We're not better than any other church, but we are different than many because we're willing to go against the flow of society. Don't preach to me about racism if you're gonna practice it every Sunday morning in a segregated church. Don't, don't preach to me about division and hatred when you're helping promote it. If you can't live it, if your church doesn't look like your community, you need to answer why. Because he called us to reach all men. Whosoever will, let him come. Let him come. Today's this weekend's Pride Week in Pensacola. Over 50,000 gays, lesbians, transgenders are in our city. I received, every year I receive this message. There's, there's people coming to your church that are visiting in the city and they wanna to come to your church. And I just wanna say, if you're here today and you're here visiting for Pride Week, we welcome you. We welcome you. Jesus loves you. He loves me. If you're straight today, God loves you. If you're bi today, he loves you. If you're trans, he, he just wants to come and change your life. All of us need a God. 
All of us need a savior. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God, but he knew us all in the womb of our mother before he ever created us. And if you're red, yellow, black, or white, or wherever you come from in life, I want to just say this before I close today. God called you. God created you. God has great plans for you. God has purpose for you. And he wants to connect you with his family, the body of Christ. And he wants to help you find the greatest fulfillment you can ever have in your life. And that's in him making a difference in the lives of others. So what's my desire for you as pastor? Number one is that you know God. Number two is that you're finding freedom. Get in the small groups. Join a small group this summer. Build relationships. Number three is that you discover your purpose. And if you haven't gone through Grow Track, join us next Sunday right after the second service. We'll have a meal waiting for you and child care for your children and a meal for them. We want, to, we want to help you discover your purpose as a church. And then number four, join the dream team as you go through Grow Track and find your niche where you have passion and, and help us serve and make a difference in the lives of others. And then number five, I'm asking everyone in this church that can help me because as this church grows, so does the burden and so does the warfare. That I'm asking everyone in this church that can help me to just give one Saturday a month, just one hour, one Saturday a month. Jesus told the 12, he said, can you pray with me just one hour? But how many knows to have a church like this and to reach the people that God's calling us to reach, there's spiritual warfare involved. And, and I'm asking you, because I need you. You, you always say, you're, well, I need you. What do you need? I need you. You know what I need? I need some of you to just come here one Saturday a month for one hour to join us here at nine o'clock, one Saturday a month, and help us pray for these services, and for the ministry, because we can never get good enough to change people's lives. We can get good enough to have good church. And everybody leave here going, whoo, I felt the spirit today. But we can't get good enough to change lives. It takes his presence here to do that. And I want to challenge you to come and join us. But how many is ready to walk out the fulfilled life that God has destined for you to experience in Jesus' name? Amen. Amen. Let me pray with you as we close. Father, I just pray today over this congregation, my family, my friends. God, we've got guests with us today. We've got our regular attenders here today, Father. And I just pray, God, over every person. God, thanking you, Lord, that you love us right where we are. You've got great plans, great destiny for us. And I pray, God, let purpose be fulfilled in every life of every person here today. God, I pray, Lord, that you open our eyes and our hearts and just put that drive and that desire in us to know you begin to walk out freedom, not living in the past, discovering our purpose so that we can move to our future and then help us to make a difference in the lives of others with it. And we thank you for it today. While every head's bowed and every eye is closed, if you're here today and you say, Pastor Dan, I hear you today in this simple message, just a simple word today. You say, I I'm at point one, Pastor Dan. I I'm at that point. I just need to know God in a very personal way. I know about him. But today, I just want to let him know I need you in my life. I want you to be the Lord of my life. I want you to be everything. Pastor, I just want you to pray. I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to call you forward. I just want to pray a prayer for you if that's you. Would you just slip a hand up wherever you are? God bless you. Anyone else? As we had several, several hands raised in our early service. Now more hands are being raised here. Maybe online, maybe that's you online today and you need to pray. You need Jesus in your life. We wanna pray for you today. If you raise your hand or you did not, maybe you're online and you need Jesus, pray this prayer with me. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you now. You said in your word, if I would come to you 
confess with my mouth that you are Lord. Believe in my heart you raised from the dead. I can be saved. Right now, I come to you with my mouth. I confess that you are Lord. My heart, I know you raised from the dead. I receive you right now as my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen.